You know what's funny? One time I was at work at Barnes & Noble when I used to work there and I I quite literally peed myself on the ship. Oh, you crazy! You want to be crazy? I'll show you crazy! I don't know about these other guys, but we are like a superhero. No? We're like... We're not crazy! Everybody knows you never go full retard. Muhammad is the most commonly used name on earth. Read a fucking book for one. Did you get that memo? Yeah, I got the memo. Picasso is dead. Walt Disney is dead. I'm dead. Steve Jobs is dead. I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Welcome to the Mentally Gone Podcast. What's up, guys, and welcome to episode number 23 of the Mentally Gone Podcast. Uh, thank you for clicking on this episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate you. Uh, don't forget to leave a like and subscribe and comment below to share the good message and the good word of Mentally Gone Studios. If you're listening, obviously, uh, if you could rate the show on whichever platform that you're listening to, it re- would really help us in terms of just um, expanding and growing and just um, hopefully spreading positivity and just cool messages and all that stuff. I'm Gabriella Lopes. <laughs> what? Um, I'm Callie Lacerda. I guess we're doing that now. Yeah. Um, animation here. Uh, today, we have a few topics, actually, that we're really excited to talk to you guys about. Yes, we do. The first one being... We're going to talk about Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Uh, What is so special about Drew Barrymore? If you could lead us into the discussion. Well, to start off, if if you know anything about Drew Barrymore's childhood and upbringing, she was smoking cigarettes and doing pot and drinking alcohol all under the age of 12. And doing the white stuff, too. She she was. Yeah. And cocaine. I almost forgot about that. Um, she was also like going to clubs, um, and, and this all falls on the responsibility and the shoulders of her mother. I think her name is Jade. Jade. Yeah. So what do you know? Like, what do you know about Drew Barrymore? So Drew Barrymore, obviously she was a childhood star, right? Right. She, her first audition was when she was one years old. I think I saw uh, clips of it. She was one year old and her parents immediately just put her into the industry, like just fed her to the machine. That is Hollywood. And I don't know how many people know this, but she comes from a long line of royalty when it comes to actors with one of her, I guess, oldest relatives um, dating back to like the 1800s, the early 1800s. So we're talking about like an acting dynasty. Yes, you were gonna say something um i was so i was gonna say that i think in part the reason that she was like thrown to the wolves at such a young age was because her mother kind of wanted to live vicariously through her Mm. and i feel i feel like she she just she was so desperate for her to become successful that she did it like just like you said when as soon as she was like out of the womb you know Mm -hmm. so just to think of that like it's pretty insane that her her mom really was so like like blatantly wrong in like for what she was doing you know and what's wild is the fact that she sought out rehabilitation when she was in her teens mm-hmm. early teens uh she would go clubbing with her mother her mother would condone and kind of incentivize this kind of behavior, which was, which is wild in retrospect, you know, like you're at a club and you see a, a nine-year-old kid, a seven-year-old kid is when she began drinking. So I read that she would pour alcohol in her ice cream. Wow. And that was her gateway into becoming an alcoholic. And then later she would be introduced to drugs by probably strangers in the club or her mom's friends. And she went through like a whole crazy character arc in real life, you know. And the reason we want to talk about that today is because there's a viral video of Drew. What's Barrymore. There's a viral video of Drew Barrymore um, basically frolicking and dancing in the rain. And then she basically says, like, if you have the opportunity to go outside and just dance and just absorb and just stand in the rain, please do so. Like, don't miss this opportunity. And and so she has adopted this philosophy of um, perfection in the small things. 
And I think that that's really interesting considering the fact that she comes from this um, background of just uh, exaggerated grandeur of just Mm -hmm. like fame and fortune and royalty and being treated as basically a queen, you know, when it comes to Hollywood. And isn't it crazy? Like she so she seems so in tune with her inner child. Like she just has this aura about her that's like very light and playful. And, you know, just like you said, she's absorbing all of these like little moments. And I find that so interesting, like the psychology of it, because she obviously had such a traumatic childhood that she's making up for it and trying so hard to like heal it now in her adult years. Yeah. And I don't doubt that she was maybe used as mm. a as a guarantee. So the conspiracy theory is that Drew Barrymore's mother used her as a child as a form of guarantee in basically giving her to the Hollywood elites. Mm. And that's why you see her as a child just wearing heavy makeup and just being propped up and just being basically portrayed as like a mature woman when she's like under 10 years old and she was treated as a mature woman by her own mother who I think was courting her and teaching her the ways of Hollywood which is to satisfy the elites and to not ask questions and to just accept everything that's done with you and find coping mechanisms um, outside of it Mm. so they you know coping revolves around just drinking and using drugs and And just basically disassociating from what happened to her is what I think happened. And to have sexual appeal. Yeah. To grown men, just Mm. like you're saying, like Hollywood elites and whatever. It's like having that sexual appeal was important because it, it brought publicity and attention. And what's interesting is that there was a lot of like articles and stuff about her underage drinking, very underage drinking. And they thought it was like adorable. Yeah. Like they thought it was like this humorous, very cute, cutesy thing that she was doing, even though it's obviously like toxic and, you know, like putting all these toxins in her body and it's just wrong. Like, it's just crazy to think of like to think about that. Yeah, it's super wild concept. And I don't know if you knew this, but Steven Spielberg is her godfather. Mm, I didn't know. And he was close friends or is close friends with her parents. And even that exchange to me was kind of like weird and it just gave me like weird vibes because Steven Spielberg was the first director to kind of shove her into the spotlight because he directed E.T. Mm-hmm. And she's in E.T. Right. You know? um, and so to me, it's like that like weird, dubious exchange. It's like, oh, yeah, like he's your godfather. Like, what's the full extent of that? Because Mm -hmm. I feel like Steven Spielberg is among the many members of the, you know, occult elite that direct movies and kind of like partake in this like very occult nature of Hollywood behind the scenes. And so to be a godfather, is that basically like their symbol of like giving a handshake? Like, hey, like, here's my daughter in exchange. You can do whatever you want with Mm -hmm. her. But make her a star nonetheless and solidify our position or the position of our family within Hollywood. It's like the price you pay for being in Hollywood. It's, it's giving up your kid. And that's what Angelina Jolie's family did with her Mm -hmm. because she comes from actor royalty as well. Right. And she was just shoved into the spotlight. It's like whichever kid you have, your firstborn, your secondborn, whatever it is, like it's contractual, I bet. Mm-hmm. where it's like you are required to put them through this machine that's insane to think about yeah that's why and she was asked if she's gonna allow her kids to act and she said that um she'll she'll let them decide once they're 18 right you know what i <laughs> i agree with that i don't think i i feel like ch- like child actors like there's just a certain line where like maybe like in some cases it's innocent, but then it's like bordering the line of like, you know, just just like this toxic, very, very like rushed into adulthood environment that I yeah. think, you know, you should always like keep your kids away from that yeah. and just let them be kids. And I think that like parents should be like actively involved in any like child actors, you know, career and like 
always always like creating a balance to between normal normal life and you know on-screen life mm -hmm. i think that's important which is what i think the um cole sprout Sprouse? Cole Sprouse. 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 Sprout. He's sprouted. He's sprouted. Yeah. Cole and Dylan Sprouse. Sprouse? Sprouse. Cole and Dylan Sprouse, aka Zach and Cody. I think they did that well. But even they kind of didn't escape that um torture of just fame, of just being famous. Because um like fairly recently, I think one of them, if not both of them, they were just working regular like jobs weighing at uh like as a waiter at a diner somewhere mm. and they started being like recognized by you know people who just were dining there and then they're like what the fuck is that like zach and cody like zach from zach and cody and 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 they say that that it's that it's a method to keep them grounded in reality you know who else does the like did that um and i and i know we're gonna we're going <laughs> off topic with the drew barrymore but but uh gate and maserato from stranger things who plays dustin also did a, a job as a waiter during covid and he lives in here in new jersey so that's pretty interesting and people he was wearing a ski mask apparently because obviously masks were being worn yeah. and people could tell who he was like just by his eyes and then they were like you're dustin right like you're from stranger things dustin's from jersey yeah he lives in jersey hey shout out to uh, <laughs> gayton game maserato gayton maserato uh we're also from jersey so if you want to ever come it on the podcast sounds italian i don't yeah. know if he's italian it's a maserati it yeah. sounds like a mozzarella I don't yeah, it's a mozzarella <laughs> with the maserati but but he anyway. should come on the show then if he's in jersey you know <laughs> yeah let's reach him really reach quick. out so if you guys could tag him in this video um let him know what's up and speaking of i think another cast member like noah schnapp which we do need to talk about that too he's like going off to college so like i think all of the the actors that they picked for stranger things have a very good like work slash life balance so it's yeah. pretty like yeah. that's like a healthy you know one thing that's that's weird to me and it goes back to the whole like um child courting thing that i find dis disgusting is is that if you look at the first episode of Stranger Things and you see Millie Bobby Brown just basically a kid mm. and then now she's like she's undergone this whole like transformation where she's being portrayed as like a grown ass woman that's at, just like you said like maximizing her sex appeal I guess. What's what's weird to me is the fact that Drake who's almost 40, right? Right. was um trying to court giving Millie her Bobby adv Brown, advice giving on her adv boyfriends like right. like like what advice drake are are you giving this um underage teen at yeah. the time you know and it's just weird to me because drake probably saw the first episode and because of what i said before about how hollywood kind of um thrives off of this predator behavior where people who are established within the industry they prey on those that are entering the industry and mm. preferably at a very young age and they go through the disney machine and then they just get kind of just di like digested and then spit out um drake kind of falling for millie bobby brown is super weird to me yeah considering how young she was at the start of stranger things considering he said he was a fan of stranger things yeah and so in his head it's like who like who do you think he's falling for is he falling for this millie bobby brown that's that's glown up and that looks like every other lady in hollywood now or is he falling for the child version that in his head in his sick messed up head because of maybe what was done with him through degrassi like maybe that's how he got his role in degrassi like we don't know what happens yeah. you know and it's just this um psychology of like the abused becomes the abuser and it's like a cyclical game mm -hmm. and that's just you know i feel you know what's strange is is we don't consider that some of them are almost 20 now so like it is pretty interesting like i i was taken aback when i saw like how much older she looks especially in the interview that she did with like jimmy fallon i think yeah. or something and i think that part of it is because well one she has her own makeup line so obviously oh, she does? yeah I, i'm pretty sure it's like a makeup line so she obviously has to like you know do makeup and whatever and i think makeup already ages you like a couple years it like does. by default 
And like nowadays, there's like way younger kids doing makeup, like doing makeup themselves. Like it's just whatever you consider normal. So as time progresses, like the norm is is going to change. So like kids doing makeup is like becoming a normal thing. It's like, all right, well, now they do that. So and also I think that part of it is like maybe she doesn't. I feel like in Stranger Things, they make her look so young and innocent. And maybe yeah. she wants to come off as like, I'm an adult yeah. and, and, you know, in person. It's like, I'm not this like kid in Stranger Things that's like mm-hmm. 13. Like I'm, I'm a young lady, like I'm a woman. You and know? I think it also translates to the business aspect of it. Whereas like maybe she wants to begin taking on like more serious roles mm-hmm. in the future and she doesn't want to be treated or typecasted into kid roles. Right. And it's coming to an end. There's only one more season, exactly. which they're filming now. And so and and they're really good at like making her making her look her age, which I appreciate. Like none of the kids look like. They're you like know, sexual, hypersexual. Right. Like she wears like overalls in the se- right. in the series and stuff. Like they never once like made her seem like, you know, this sexualized like girl. And I hope they never made her feel like that on set either. But yeah. Anyways, to my point. Yeah, that's it. Because I think that the same happened with Tom Holland mm. where he he's now known for Spider-Man, but he has tried like branching out into more serious roles. But it just it just becomes this thing where it's like only time will allow people to kind of like accept you for being more versatile than just this uh, measly role that you did for like one series or, or one um, trilogy of, of like movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just also interesting how influencers in general, like it doesn't have to be like mega influencers like Millie Bobby Brown, who's, who's obviously like at the height of her fame right now because of Stranger Things. Um, it's interesting how influencers, every influencer kind of like takes advantage of this brief moment in the spotlight, his his or her proverbial 15 minutes of fame. And they always capitalize off of it with some form of like product that can be created in mass. Exactly. So I recently saw this other page where the guy's like, um, famous on TikTok for doing skits. And he's briefly mentioned here and there in the past about like uh, a homemade hot sauce that he makes. Mm -hmm. And then he just created a brand off of hot sauce and now he has his own hot sauce. And it's it's really interesting, just like this this um, this kind of blurred line that exists between creators and just business, Mm -hmm. because creators are in essence, entrepreneurs, like everything we've done so far Our is business, entrepreneurial. Right. Yeah. Because like we've built this brand or continue building this brand alone with like no help from anybody else. So mm-hmm. like there's no outside help. There's no hiring a marketing expert, hiring a social media expert. It's all just basically comes out of our brains and then we create stuff in this world mm. and then it resonates with other people. And I think that that's almost impossible to happen. First of all, it's like, do you know how how difficult it is for someone to reach a million followers on TikTok. Yeah. Which we're almost at. Like it, having that many people resonate and click voluntarily. Right. Like it isn't as easy as people make it out to be. No, it's not. And we never include call to actions, which and, I think should be pointed out. Like we never at the end of every TikTok say like, oh, like, and don't forget to hit the like, subscribe and follow us guys on TikTok. You know, like don't forget to share this with a friend. Like yeah. we we never do those like deliberate calls to action to increase followers. I've only recently began doing um like comment below what you think because I actually want people to engage and open that discussion. And we've never done like oh and and stay tuned for part two because yeah. that also gets people to follow you because then they're waiting they want to yeah. be notified like when part two is coming out. Part two like parts are just stupid. And another thing is people who have blown up on TikTok, it's because they would have like one very viral video and then obviously they'll gain traction. One hit wonders. Right, exactly. But we've proven to be consistent with our viewerships. I do think that we were shadow banned for a while though. Yeah. Which I do want to address on this podcast. I'm not going to post this on TikTok, but if you're from TikTok, we've been shadow banned for maybe like a month Mm -hmm. or almost a month where we weren't gaining any followers we were losing followers actually and i started panicking a little bit i was like what the fuck is going on like we like we were losing a few hundred every other day and then i was like looking at those numbers i'm like this does not make sense and the only reasoning behind it is that tiktok was maybe 
what I think happened is TikTok maybe took our account into review and they noticed a few bots maybe that were following us for whatever reason because TikTok has to have bots just like Twitter has like Russian bots and bots from India. And so they might have seen a few of those and then maybe they cleansed our followers mm -hmm. and then they kind of like released us back into the water. Maybe. And maybe now they're letting us swim again because, you know, like it feels different. If it feels like people are actually seeing us now again. You know what I think it might be? I think it might be a result of like all of the account bans that have been taking place. Yeah. So it's like people who are doing like fraudulent or suspicious activity or whatever or harmful videos, whatever. I think that their accounts are banned and then that in part played a role in like us losing followers yeah. too. It's like there's been a lot of account, account bans, bans yeah. right? Like a lot. And someone recently asked if we have a backup account. And my answer to that is our Instagram account. I think that Instagram is more secure when it comes to limitations and just copyright infringements and all that stuff. Yeah. So uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram, actually. It's, uh, it's at Mentally Gone Studios. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm um, sorry. I like zone out a little bit. All right. Um, like a deer in headlights. So speaking of Stranger... Oh. So one last thing that I want to say from my end, and you said that you have a conspiracy theory about oh, Stranger yes, Things. Oh, yes, I do. So I'll just say my quick comment, um, just segueing from the whole talk about like uh, older people kind of preying on kids. Recently, Doja Cat um, <laughs> got in the hot seat for reaching out to one of the Stranger Things cast. I forgot his name. Noah Schnapp. Noah Schnapp. Asking about who? Asking about Joseph Quinn, who plays Eddie. Eddie. in the series so she was trying to smash yeah. this kid right and how old is he do you know so noah schnapp is 17 and joseph quinn who plays eddie is like 28 or 29 okay so she reached out to an underage kid and she's 26 or 25 she's 26 25. yes all right so it's not as bad as i thought then it's I pretty bad she, but why <laughs> to me it's pretty bad because it's like she she like painted it out as if like oh i can't find his instagram when all you needed to do was just search his fucking name yeah like really like you know i feel like i think that from the beginning it was a publicity stunt slash clout thing because she knew that noah schnapp is known for like kind of trolling and being you know this clown and whatever and he posts things like that and so maybe she had an inkling that if she messaged Noah, he would post it. She would get some clout because she just, you know, quit her music career, et cetera, whatever. And then it's like it just brings, you know, publicity and public yeah. eye back onto her. I think that's exactly what happened. I think that there's this fight for relevancy that every artist kind of undergoes and kind of um, takes part in. Mm. And I think that there is this game of like, um, relevancy through association. So Doja Cat reached out to a Stranger Things cast member knowing that everything would snowball and happen the way it did. And now she, her name and her personal brand is being associated to this amazing brand that, that people worship and are obsessed over. And now it's like that subconscious association where when you think of Stranger Things, if you've read what happened, you'll subconsciously think about Doja Cat. Mm -hmm. And that'll maybe influence your actions into maybe being more inclined to not skip her music when it pops up on the radio or more, or more inclined to kind of like seek her out, if that makes sense. And you know what else? I don't think that <laughs> she expected so much backlash because people were saying like, oh, why are you like messaging a minor yeah. asking him for a like a guy's instagram who's like 10 years older than him you know yeah. um and who's and she's like almost 10 years older than the kid too so it's like kind of weird but i think that she didn't expect the backlash and so that's when she went on live and started calling him a snake and saying mm. i confided in him with these private messages because now she's trying to retell the narrative and retell her story so that she doesn't look as bad because she didn't expect so many people to be triggered that she's messaging a 17 year old so right. it's like <laughs> it's the whole chris jenner formula where you yeah. create drama out of nothing and make people kind of like obsess over it right and just talk about it which is what we're doing here but we're but we aren't like your typical gossipers. Um, gossipers or gossip outlets. Like we're trying to look deeper into like what exactly yeah, is happening Yeah, what does it here. mean? Yeah, it's either a distraction from something that's happening 
like for example the whole like nuclear video thing that came out that i did a uh, tiktok on like there's bound to be other distractions like lebron james in the in the in the drew league recently you know like Every, something always obfuscates because it's a 24-hour news cycle so mm. people are always clicking off and on clicking off and on so it's pretty interesting but what's your conspiracy theory about stranger things let me open it up real quick because i i don't have the sharpest memory in the shed all right just remember to always speak into the microphone though yeah like i got this it. and you and you can twist it a little bit so it's so it meets your mouth yeah all That's right what she said <laughs> oh yeah i know how to twist it no, i'm kidding <laughs> um all right so this this theory isn't so much as isn't okay let me start let me start this right because i gotta explain this to you guys i found this stranger things conspiracy theory but it's more so uh catching on to foreshadowing that happened which would which would foreshadow the events that ha like that the series ends with the finale, basically. So this is what's interesting really quick. Um, so obviously the entire series is is based around Dungeons and Dragons. Like we've known that from se season one until now. And then obviously if you rewatch season one, um, you pick up on all these like little things that they've been hinting at that already point you to like four seasons in advance, you know? Mm-hmm. And so this one is actually in the same uh, season that this happened. So for anyone who hasn't watched yet, you can skip this part because um, obviously there's spoilers ahead. Spoiler but, alert. Yeah, a lot of spoilers ahead on this one. But so if you watch, then you know that there's the scene where Susie, who lives in Salt Lake City, um, is visited by Mike and Will and, and her house is like filled with children. Right. Like there's just a bunch of kids like running around and doing like their own like little thing. And so let me read this now. So when Mike, Will and the gang visit Susie in Salt Lake City, they find that she's living in a chaotic kid filled house. Not unlike in that movie where Steve Martin refuses to wear a condom for his entire life for non-Mormon reasons. But this chance encounter with a bunch of random children may have may have subtly foreshadowed how our heroes eventually battle Vecna. So it's foreshadowing the main event, the finale, the battle against Vecna. So first of all, two of Susie's siblings are seen pretending to sword fight, hinting at how Hopper wields a sword to take down the Demogorgon at the Russian Gulag. So that's number one. Um, some of them are making a movie in which one of them is dying from some kind of bite, hinting at Eddie's death at the hands, wings of the upside down bats. Mm. So one of the kids is dying from a bite and that's exactly how Eddie dies at the wow. end through bat bites. All right. Also, a flaming meal, because there's like a kid cooking and the meal's like going up in flames, anticipates how Nancy uses Mazeltov cocktails on Vecna and most pointedly, Susie's plan to distract her unfriendly dad in order to sneak into his office on the upper floor mirrors, mirrors the later plan to let Max distract Vecna in order to sneak into his attic lair. So Susie's distracting her dad during this scene so that they could sneak into their into his office so that she can, you know, print out some coordinates or whatever. And at the end, we see Max. Max takes on the role of distracting Vecna because he was after her mm -hmm. in order for the rest of the gang to enter the attic in which his body is in so that they can try to kill him. Wow. Right. So all of that is foreshadowed. All of it was foreshadowed by this like little family. Quick, yeah. yeah. Quick this, little this, this scene that you thought was like humorous and like sporadic and chaotic is like it, it, it was the exact events of the finale. Of the entire season. Right. Wow. Pretty crazy. That's pretty wild. Yeah. I know. I was like shocked. I didn't even catch on to all that. Talk about the subconscious, huh? Yeah. Like hinting at things the duffer brothers are amazing at 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 um so let me fix the mic yeah. the the duffer brothers are amazing at um 
giving you these Easter eggs mm. of like everything that's going to happen in their in their series, but without making it blatantly obvious. Like it's right. always subtle. And I think that that's like, that's the best kind of, you know, entertainment to watch for me. It's like when you kind of have to connect the dots yourself or all of the dots start connecting themselves at the end. It's like nothing is obvious or like given to you. Right. you like you need to do the thinking too. And there's like multiple layers right. to it. Yeah. And I think that that in part it's because of like the inspiration that they get from horror films, mm -hmm. which we talked about before. It's like they've driven, like they've drawn inspiration from like it, Stephen King's it, and like all these other horror films. So I think that that's definitely a huge contributor. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so do you want to segue real quick? Yeah, let's let's talk what's next on the list all right so the next topic is speaking speaking of stranger things right um so i recently came across this video by an artist named charlie xcx do you know charlie xcx i actually do i've never heard of this artist i've heard of her songs life, before but i've but i recognize some of her songs mm -hmm. right and i recently came across this video this music video for the song beg for you Mm. and it i'm telling you this video is one of the craziest and weirdest videos that i have ever seen in recent memory is it weirder than megan the stallion it's weirder than megan the stallion i've never seen an artist a musician put out a video that's so blatantly satanic like charlie xcx in her music video beg for you she literally the vid the entire video is basically her and a group of followers and following her down like down this dirt road this episode is brought to you by shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage no matter what stage you're in shopify's there to help you grow Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And she's being led by a pastor of some sort who's wearing all white. And then in the background, like on the sidelines, is this person dressed as Baphomet who's the main mm -hmm. devil like beast right. for satanic followers. And so it's 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 Baphomet, her followers, her leading her followers and her following this weird priest that's wearing all white. And they all kind of arrive at this kind of like pool or small little pond that's filled with blood. What? And she conducts a literal blood sacrifice on camera. I don't know if it's real or not, but she conducts a, a fake blood sacrifice on camera. And this priest is kind of like depicted drinking the blood and Baphomet, this devil creature is standing or kneeling behind her the entire time. And the video ends with all of her followers kind of like dying and her standing supreme and then Baphomet in the back and the priest just like, enjoying and just drinking all the blood and she is also depicted um and she is also like doing this like weird dance ritual thing that's the same dance that beyonce does in a lot of her videos mm, and we know beyonce is known for being she's she's the queen of of like the illuminati supposedly yeah. right and so it's this weird like witchcraft type of dance move and it's all very like symbolic, I feel. And none of it is artistic. It's all very like formulaic to kind of disseminate this, like this message that people just like, and, and it goes over everybody's head. Mm -hmm. Like all the comments are like positive about like them just like, oh, like slay queen, like, oh, like I'm here for this. I love your music. People, like everybody's sleeping. Like nobody sees what's happening, and that blew my mind. I was like, "What the heck is going on here?" Like, like did we watch the same video of her literally conducting a blood sacrifice and leading her followers to this to this impending doom? And then behind her, there's this devil 
creature Eesh. Baphomet, and then there's a priest conducting a ceremony, a blood sacrifice ceremony. It's like, what's going on, dude? Yeah, and I think, like you said, there's a fine line between when it's art and when it's implying and it has implications of something deeper and darker. Yes. I 100% agree with that. Like, I do think that, for example, what you said about, like, the priest drinking blood, it's like, obviously, you know that priests drink the the blood of Christ, right? The wine, you Mm -hmm. know? And so, like, even that little thing where it's like, like... I don't know if it's meant to be like mocking Christ's sacrifice, you mm. know, of people's sins and stuff. And then that's why like the priest is like drinking the blood and like going at it. And then, you know, the devil is probably like, you know, happy for this moment. Yeah, whatnot. Just, so like, observing. And yeah. Just, like like maybe, maybe that's like their depiction of that scene, but that's like really disturbing. Yeah. It's one of the most disturbing videos that I've seen to date. And it's just on YouTube yeah and what's funny is that youtube will flag your video and kind of censor you for like the dumbest stuff but then artists have this complete freedom to just depict whatever they want to depict like blood fake blood and stuff yeah it's like all money (laughs) it's all connected it's all a part of the same machine but yeah i just wanted to share that real quick because i thought that was like really really weird um let's see here let's see here i did oh yeah go Go, go, go. Oh, yeah, no, you could go, go. Go, go, go. I was going to say, I did want to briefly touch on Kanye oh, yeah. canceling his set for Rolling Loud, which is coming up in a couple of days. And Rolling Loud just announced it mm. quite literally yesterday or a few days ago, whenever it was. And so I, and all, wait, and he's being replaced by Kid Cudi, mm. which he recently had, like, you know, a the dispute. Right, a dispute and like a little beef. And with. they supposedly like made peace again together. Right. But, but aside from that, I, I found this so interesting that, you know, he, he has like this reputation of canceling shows and canceling, you know, concerts, whatever. And then people being upset that they spent all this money and now, you know, how like how do you process a refund so close to the date Mm. especially when you're flying in like from another country and whatnot and so what i was gonna say is in my opinion i like i was kind of taken aback by it and i felt as if maybe rolling loud just announced it now so close to the date because they didn't want to like ruin their ticket sales they didn't want to give people the opportunity to request a refund because that takes time to process and so maybe kanye gave them a heads up in like one month or two month advance and then also you have to consider the time that it takes to to negotiate that replacement with a different artist right so it's all a business negotiation right so they didn't so kanye didn't just cancel five days before the event and then Cuddy just like Cuddy just like agreed to all the terms that's you know like written in the contract and and to be the the number one performer because he's taking Kanye was the headliner. So Kid Cuddy is the headliner now. Yeah. So I think it's Kendrick on Sunday, which is huge too. Yeah. And then it's like Cuddy, I think, is on Friday, I guess. And who's which like was behind supposed to be Kanye? Cuddy? Like, so like what are the I think in names? the same set that Cuddy's doing, Playboy Cardi is in. So what's interesting is right after they posted the news about Kanye canceling his set, they started posting videos of Playboy Cardi, you know, performances right. to get people hyped, hyped because it's like, oh, at least we have Cardi. Like, look, yeah. he's an amazing performer, whatever. And it's like a distraction. It's like, don't forget, guys, like we still have, you know, this other big artist that a lot of people love, you know, yeah. in this like that same day that That's so Kanye was supposed to perform. And I'm sorry to Kid Cudi fans. Like, I do enjoy a lot of Kid Cudi's music and I do appreciate him as an artist. But, but he does not fit Kanye's shoes. It's not comparable. If I were dishing out thousands of dollars to yeah. go see Kanye, like, uh, like I wouldn't even pay a fraction of that to go see Kid Cudi. You know, like, it's the, it's just not comparable. Who's, who's the only artist... Aside from Kendrick, who's already in the festival, like who's the other artist that can fit Kanye West's shoes? I don't even think J. Cole can. 
I don't I don't know who else I think there's future which which is like big for some people like that's you know that's a yeah. pretty big deal it's like future I think I think, I think Drake I think that the I don't only, think he's performing though right right right, right but, but he, I think that the only person that could kind of fit Kanye's shoes in this scenario would be Drake where like people are like oh I paid for Kanye but I got Drake so it's all good you know but but even then right like it's yeah obviously like he it, he's not at the same level it, like all. you can't like you can't compare especially with especially with the performances that kanye's been doing at his release parties and stuff like yeah. that's the energy people love like they loved fucking yeezus with the mask on and like on freaking floating you know he's stages a and, right so it's like yeah. they're paying and, and and i feel like if you're a kanye fan like there's absolutely nobody who can fill the the void, yeah. you know, of like not being able to see Kanye. It's like yeah. you like especially if you were to perform like classics and stuff, like, you know, who else are you gonna get stuff like that from? Yeah. I think that Kanye operates on his own level and he's kind of alone up there. I think that a step below him would be Kendrick, but very close. I think, I think they're that, oh sorry, go ahead. I think that Kendrick is like a slight because I thought about putting Kendrick and Kanye on the same level, but I don't think they're there quite yet because I think that Kanye has way too many classics in, and and has done way too much for the culture. And I think that that's what guarantees him his like spot alone at the top because he has influenced so many sectors artistically, like fashion, for example, musically, beat production, um, home design aesthetics uh physical aesthetics uh marketing and not to mention his personality too his personality marketing so so um kim kardashian recently for example it's it's um just a quick example uh her skims line right which is like um makeup and stuff uh no skims is skims is the body wear body wear so yeah what's the makeup brand Kim I think Kardashian. it's KKW. K- KKW. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So her makeup brand, the whole design, she gave credit, like blatantly said that that it would never have gotten to this level if it wasn't for Kanye. And so he's like at he operates at this level. It's like Kendrick is is right below him. And then below Kendrick is Drake and J. Cole, you know, and then the list goes lower and lower. But today, like this like modern age, like I don't know. Like he just operates at a different level. I was gonna say that to me, they're they're on the same level, but in different realms. So they're not on the same level if they're in different realms. The same level implies like in the same room together. I I feel like Kanye has like Kanye and his music have a chokehold on his fans. Yeah, you know, like there's not like if you're just just like I said, like it's it's obviously you know. I don't know how to explain it, but if you're a Kanye fan, like you'll almost excuse any and everything he does, right? Because you you quite literally see like see like all these different facets to him, like to his being. It's like, oh, but he has a mental disorder. Oh, but he's a freaking genius. Oh, but like that's him, you know, like that's his freaking gemini personality or whatever you sympathize and you forgive him because of all the value that he has exactly given it's to like you. It, it it's like almost gets swept under the rug or people will at least try to be understanding like even if they don't agree it's like they'll try to shed an ounce of understanding right you know like just like when he said slavery is a choice when he supported trump it's like all these things that were a disgrace to a lot of people mm-hmm. but to people who are like stands like co- huge kanye fans it's like they understood it yeah or they they, they sought to understand right exactly so they, they give him the benefit of the doubt whereas an upcoming artist who does that like he's completely just like shrugged apart and like canceled and like nobody's gonna fuck with you because kanye has already created this this like space of his own kind of and i feel like kendrick doesn't have that like complex image of himself out there because i feel like he's always been you know very woke and very you know like black and just yeah like he's he's always been level-headed right like even when he had like arrogant moments and whatever he never had like these outbursts or these like you know things that people looked at as you know disgraceful or distasteful and so i feel like with kendrick it's like he's 
he's just so I guess in tune with like who he is that he's never had that like bad light shun on him. Right. And so I think it's just different. Like they're just two completely different people. I think so. Two different Geminis, man. And speaking of Kanye and his ex family, <laughs> uh, you recently pointed out something about Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott. Oh, right. So they put an Instagram post. Kylie and uh, Kylie posted an Instagram post of hers and Travis's jets, mm. and then the the caption was, "So who's are we taking today, or like who's are we going in today, or whatever," and and. And again, like it was divided, the reaction of the audience. It's like mm. half of the people were like, oh, this is goals. Like, oh, like, you know. Power couple. Right. And then and and like romanticizing like these billionaires, like, you know, you know what I'm trying yes. to say? And then the other half was just pissed off, you know, because they found out that Kylie takes three minute jet rides you know, instead of driving 45 minutes, she'll she'll just take like hop on the jet for three minutes. That's a flex. Yeah. And people are upset because they're using paper straws because of carbon emissions and right. and a huge carbon footprint or whatever. Meanwhile, like these celebrities are leaving the biggest carbon footprint and they're responsible for the most part, you know, for like us using paper straws and not plastic bags anymore and yeah. whatever else. Yeah, the um, upper one percent do whatever they want, and then mm. us, the masses, kind of pay for it. Yeah, which is what happens. But that's crazy, though. The idea of just taking a jet for like three minutes—you said. Yeah. How's that? Like, how does that even work? Like, you three, take like three minutes, yeah. and you and you take. A I plane? think she went. She went to like Palm Springs or something from like where she lives, and it's like it's it's typically a forty-five minute drive or something. But instead, on the jet, it just goes so quick that it's three minutes in the air and then land and that's it. But why not just take a helicopter if that's the case? Like helicopters don't go as fast as a jet, but you, you know what I'm trying to say about like the... Uh, again, the flex, it's like, you know... Oh my God, it's, it's like It's being taking... able to leisurely sit in your jet real quick and hop right back off and it's like, that's it. And it's definitely a flex because the 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 money that goes into kind of like maintaining and kind of executing that flight is a lot is a lot more than people realize and and they quite literally treat their jets as cars so like that's yeah. something to take into account it's like if you have a jet like why not use your jet you know like yeah. you have it it's accessible to you then and and it's like even more convenient so why sit in a car for an hour mm -hmm. or however long it is instead of just like getting it over with and within a few minutes you know yeah and also what's what's funny to me is like people are complaining about like paper straws like that's the biggest concern of theirs when it comes to carbon emissions like paper straws like you know i feel like people's priorities are so weird or they just say nonsense when they're upset it's like yeah. like what's the what's the big deal about using paper straws and besides they sell reusable straws that you can have in your home or carry with you wherever it's like you don't need to use paper straws but i think it's more about the the lack of choice when it comes to the changes that are made for us versus these celebrities like they kind of live above the live above the law so for example supermarkets are banned have banned in jersey at least plastic bags for the most part mm -hmm. So that's not a choice that you and I made mm -hmm. about like, oh, like, yeah, like we like we agreed to not use plastic bags and we agreed to buy these bags now and to pay for them uh, versus having that establishment kind of offer those bags as in exchange for us shopping there. So it's like those bags don't take much to create, but obviously they're they cost a lot when it comes to environmental impact. But we never made that choice. But but that's what I'm saying. Like, if you care so much about pollution and carbon emissions and you're like painting it out that way, then you don't care that plastic bags are banned. You don't care that there's no plastic straws anymore. I think that like, they care. Uh, they care when someone's being worshipped and has this following and then they're kind of portraying this lifestyle and then their followers are very susceptible to their influence. And so they right. copy what they're doing. And so like not copy because not many people have jets, but they copy that kind of 
lack of 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 conscious awareness mm-hmm. of, of the environment and so like that's what they're kind of like pissed off at it's not the fact that they have to use plastic straws or or, or paper straws or right whatever. but but then it's like it's like <laughs> i feel like sometimes people just get on the internet and they just want to no, argue sure. all the time yeah. and then it's it's always when it comes to these like rich people and for some reason it's always when it comes to like kylie jenner like she's like this has happened to her time and time again where she's like being criticized for something and so it's like like when is it going to get to a point where you realize like every freaking billionaire does this like anyone who owns a jet is doing this like it's not like just because she posted it now it's like such a big deal now all of a sudden you know what i'm saying it's like just weird but but to my point if i had a jet I'd probably do the same thing, you know, it's like... Yeah, people people speak of, like, their position, but they don't right. understand. It's because we're all freaking poor, and, and you know, we're, we're obviously getting the rough end of the stick for it, but it's like, if yeah. you were in that position, like, don't lie and say that you wouldn't also take advantage of having those very privileged resources. Yeah. I think it just comes down to being delusional and having this like false sense of virtue signaling mm-hmm. where you say like, oh, like I would never do that. But yeah, yeah. Like, if somebody handed you a billion dollars and handed you all this access and this facility to like move around the world and you just have like, like you're unrestricted, there's no constraints at all financially and you value your time and maybe you're just lazy or maybe you're just tired then you would 100% take a jet for three minutes and and post about it and brag to your friends and brag to everybody. Especially considering like how on they are all the time, you know? It's like, like again, why would they want to sit in an hour car drive? Like I'm just going to, like again, I'm not defending because I'm in no way, shape or form a fan of the Jenners or the Kardashians like at all, but I don't even follow them. But to my point, it's like, I just put myself in that position and that's just what I feel like I would like I would do the same thing for sure. Yeah. As fucked up as a, as it is. It's like honestly the world is so wait like so past the point of being Screwed. saved yeah. that what's the point, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like let us just all die, man. <laughs> like you guys are going to be dead in like 40 years and you're over here like you know making your thumbs all sore like typing away 40 years after the new york nuclear thing i don't doubt that it'll be like much sooner than that yeah but that's my like that's what i'm saying best case scenario all right hold on people are too much man all right so um to end off this episode do you want to quickly listen to a few voicemails yeah sure maybe one or two so we'll 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 like gradually um, increase our voicemail time. We do have a lot of voicemails that we have not attended to, and I apologize for that in advance if we take a while to get to yours. Maybe we'll do like a dedicated episode where we're just responding to voicemails because we do get a lot of stories and a lot of requests and whatnot. So maybe we can, you know, yeah, do like an episode like that in the future. All right. So we'll start with this one. It's very short. We're doing two. You said yeah. And it's Jay, and I was wondering when it's time to let a girl go. Like, what type of shine should you like break apart from her? Thanks. All right. So Jay asked, "When is the right time to let a girl go?" Right. Uh, w- there's a reason why I chose this one. So I wanted to break up on air. And um, I'm officially letting Gabriella go, and she now belongs to the streets. And I'm thank you, Jay. Screets. Thank you, Jay, for um, helping me out. Actually, I kind of paid him to send that voicemail in. Okay. Um, no, so on a real note, there would have to be more context, obviously, surrounding this question. Like um, speaking from a male perspective, and then you'll obviously give your your female perspective, but but. From a male perspective, there are certain red so- like red flags that you can't overlook, and there are deal breakers. And I think that those deal breakers and those red flags are established by every individual man. So it really depends on 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 your moral ethical values, um, your moral compass. It, it depends on what you hold true to yourself, your personal beliefs. So, for example, there are guys who forgive girls who cheat. I don't. 
to me it's like you're 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 dead like you're crossed off like there's no forgiveness when it comes to that uh oh i was drunk oh i was whatever i was tipsy oh he came out to me i don't care bye it's gone it's gone um so that's a red flag for me that's a deal breaker so that kind of answers your question but at the same time it doesn't um you also feel when you are kind of like falling out of love i'd say so you have to look out for that right um i don't know where you're smiling because i'm because i'm not implying anything here it's <laughs> it's just literally but but that would be for me the main thing it's like falling out of love i think every relationship goes through those phases where they have to work extra hard to kind of regain you know and reestablish that so if you're at a point where you're already contemplating this then it shows that you are falling right um and to me it will like it would be a good time to kind of like let her go if you feel that she doesn't reciprocate your want to be in the relationship right if she's kind of distant if she's kind of negligent towards you if she doesn't want to spend too much time if she, if there's no intimacy anymore if there's no like connection if there's no genuine connection if things start feeling forced then that's obviously a good time to let go and my third one i would say um would would fall in line with aligning interests and aligning kind of future pathways right so if you're going to be with someone then you have to make sure that the vision you have for the future aligns with the vision that they have for the future uh if you're hyper focused on maybe work and you're trying to like build something or you're trying to get a promotion or you're trying to elevate yourself or climb that that social ladder so to speak and maybe she's not on the same page maybe she's trying to do something else or she's trying to go the other way and so those discrepancies also weigh very heavily for me at least so it's like you have to make sure that you guys are in line and in sync with what you want for the future and that also of course involves like marriage propositions uh children uh ha you know building a home together building a lifestyle so you kind of have to like envision that and if you're at a point where you're sending in this question and like that just shows to me that you are incapable or maybe you lost sight of that vision that you once had. And so, yeah, those are my three. But again, it's very relative. Um, I'll be short with mine. I feel like, you know, when it's time to let someone go, just like you said, there there is times where where you feel like it's still worth fighting for. And I think when you feel that way, it's because um Again, you share the same you share the same values. Um, I think is one. Um, obviously, having love still there. Like even if you feel like you hate the person and you love them simultaneously, like you just know. I feel when mm -hmm. when you don't want to let someone go, and not just want to let someone go, but also that that you want them to be around still. So not just you know the act of like whether or not you'd be alone but the fact that you want this person like around you if that makes sense yeah, um and so so i think that you should let someone go when again if there's blatant red flags like you said like um obviously if you're being um very neglected if the po person is like completely emotionally unavailable then i would say like don't waste your time um if you if you feel like mistreated by them if you're being verbally physically abused obviously then that's a huge red flag and you should probably walk away sooner rather than later because Before any it's too late. right any sign of like physical abuse especially like smacking or whatever like even if it's a one-time thing it's like yeah. that's already a line being crossed and shows that the person has no respect for you and they have the capacity for malevolence right and so that's a red flag i would definitely leave at that point um and and like you said like uh I feel like you know when there's a loss of feelings, right? Like when you don't see any hints of hope, I feel like that's when you completely know that. Like that's it's when gone. it's time to wrap it up. Yeah. It's like when you don't see any hope, like you don't see this person fitting into your life anymore, then you it's might done. as well, yeah, call it quits there. I agree. And I think that that's a good... I hope that helps. Yeah, we hope that helps. Um... And we'll close out this podcast.
podcast with this last one. All right. I do have to pee, but I'm holding it the best I can. Are you good for one more? Yeah, let's go. It'll it'll be a quick response to it because it'll be a quickie. Yeah. Well, um, I just want to call in. I saw that story. That is a really quick question. Um, I just was wondering what inspired you guys to um start doing your own podcast because I'd like to start my own. I'm very interested in it. I love your content. Um, keep doing the UFO videos and um one other question is uh what motivated you to just keep doing these videos and podcasts and conspiracies thank you bye do you want to you, answer me you go first all right so um i said it would be quick because to me it's like i like simplifying what um like simplifying my motives in this world if that makes sense so that it's just easily understandable for myself and for everybody else around me uh, what what motivated us to to start this podcast was just the desire to kind of just be free and just be financially independent, not not be obligated to clock in the work, uh, be able to kind of like sustain ourselves through our voice and through our opinions and through this connection that we have together, not only as a couple, but as uh, quote unquote entertainers, podcasters, whatever you want to call it. Um, so freedom is what motivates us to do what we do. And the same applies to conspiracy theories. The conspiracy theories is more of this also coupled with freedom is this want and desire to spread information and to kind of um, instill in people this this idea of seeking information for themselves versus just accepting and complying with everything that's given to them or, or is told to them. So TikTok has been fundamental in a accomplishing that and this podcast is just a longer format of that so it's us just giving opinions looking at things in a different light and hopefully just starting that domino effect where you know like it changes one person and the other and the other and the other so it's freedom coupled with this desire to kind of instill change and motivate people to think for themselves independent thinking i like that response i feel like for me really quick um i like i would say that I feel like I do this for the most part because it it gives me a sense of pride in myself because I never thought that I would be the type of person to like put my face and voice out there the way that I have with this podcast. And I feel like it's given me like a newfound sense of like of of self-realization, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've always been someone who's been uh timid and and shy and like very um avoidant yeah very avoidant very biting my tongue like i don't i don't usually you know do things that are outside of my element or outside of my comfort zone and so this was like a complete 180 for me because it was so outside of my comfort zone like I I was the type of person and I'm kind of going on a rant here, but I was the type of person that I didn't even like to do phone calls with people because I was just so insecure about how I sounded or about like my speech pattern because I'm not the greatest speaker and whatever else. And and so this podcast, I feel like strengthened me in that aspect where it's like I'm forgiving of myself for like mistakes or slip ups or whatever else. But I'm also like strengthening it at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I like as I do these episodes, like I'm becoming so much more like so much more better for it, I guess. And so I feel like that's a big part of like why I do it. And then obviously there's the freedom aspect, which you talked about. And 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 another thing is like I want it to be known to people that if if someone like me can do it, then you can too. Right. And so that that to me is like a personal reason why I do this. It's like I'm just an average person who who was like scared of doing something like this. But here I am and I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And so if that offers you any motivation to just start the podcast that you're wanting to start, then you should start it. Um, and I think that what keeps you going like it, there's like a misinterpretation that passion keeps you going. Mm-hmm. Right. But I I think that truly because sometimes I feel like I lack inspiration and motivation and so I think that truly like just discipline is like just sitting down and doing it is what keeps you really going. 
That's a great response. Yeah. And even when you don't want to do something, like just like doing that's it. That's part of discipline. Yeah. Because for the for the longest time when we started this podcast, I didn't want to do it because yeah, we of the doing... reasons I listed before. Right. Like I was not disciplined with it. And I still am rocky where I'm like I try to like procrastinate it every now and then, but but I, I'm slowly realizing that I feel better doing it, just like I said. So yeah. I might as well sit down and do it. Yeah. And I feel like if you want to be, if you want to create healthy habits in your life, even if you can't find the motivation or the willpower to do it, you still do it Regardless. because because in the long run, it's of benefit to you in the yeah. end. So yeah. that's all I got to say. That's a great response right there. And take it as a sign to uh, just don't make any more excuses and just jump on it. Just do it. You can record a podcast with your phone. You can record one directly through Anchor. Um, and this episode is sponsored by Anchor because I got chills, sorry. Because we are because we we post our podcast on Anchor. Um, but that's just one of many platforms. Like you don't have to do it on Anchor, but you can just record on your phone and just do an audio only, share it with your friends and family and just do it. Basically. Start you start on TikTok and do like a solo podcast. Yeah. Like, you just, know, just talking to the camera, yeah. just like do these exercises that'll kind of like liberate you and make you more comfortable with the idea of sharing ideas. Uh, with that being said, uh, don't forget to comment below, like, subscribe, share this with a friend, do all of that good stuff that you guys already know how to do. And she's about to pee herself. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in and for watching or listening. My name is Callie Lacerda. I'm Gabriela Loves. Ed, wait, quick story. Oh, you're Sorry, story? yeah, no, really quick. You know what's funny? One time I was at work at Barnes and Noble when I used to work there, and I, I quite literally peed myself on the ship. <laughs> Which is going to happen now. And now everyone knows about it. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> she did pee herself and then she came into the car and she smelled like pee. And I was like, what like the heck homo. just happened? Yeah. Uh, she smelled like a homeless person. Um, so yeah. So and don't forget that it's never wrong. To be mentally gone. Peace of the world. All right, peace out. Run to the bathroom. <laughs>